Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. Josh. What the Damn hell, it. Josh, you son of a bitch? <laughs> and they're collectively Josh Matt, the <laughs> mutant monster created from the aftermath of watching this horrible game. It's Mash. What a terrifying thought. Mash, Mosh, Matt, <laughs> Monster Mash. Happy Halloween. <laughs> it's the Joshter Matt. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. It's getting worse. Should we restart or should we just keep going? <laughs> just keep yeah, going. It's, this is this a is podcast to... devoted to everything that is tech going and not dying. And uh, guess what? Tech died this week when they took on UTSA. Yeah. Really? We, we, we were all laughs a second ago that we all remembered the one point loss and we're sad again. That's, that's what we're let, here for, I guess. <laughs> let me regale you a tale of my Friday entirety. The entirety of my Friday was spent taking a grueling eight-hour test the day before my birthday, which was Saturday. And I sat oh. through that goddamn eight-hour test and got my ass kicked in the afternoon. And all I wanted from that was just, you know, see my favorite people and then, you know, have a nice birthday dinner and watch the Bulldogs win. But no, Skip Holtz and Joe Sloan just kicked me in the nuts that night. <laughs> hey, how'd, they, uh, how'd that PE exam go? It was... The morning was fine. Afternoon made me want to just lay down in the middle of I-30. Oh, man. What I don't... Well, when do you get the results? Eight to ten weeks. Oh, damn. So, after, so it's a PE exam. So after that, you'll be allowed to coach a high school sport? Yeah. 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 And coach teach Josh. history. I'll be able to but teach does, history as well. Maybe well, health. I'm hoping that you did better than you think. I am too. Thank you, Matt. To jump to some happy news before we jump into all the misery in the UTSA game... Tech hired a new AD this week, and I really like the hire. Yeah, yeah. he he seems like a really really good hire. Um, his name's Doc, his name is Doctor Eric Wood. He comes to us from UCF, where he was um, an associate or a deputy AD for competitive excellence was his official title. Uh, he was there for five years. He was also at Arkansas and Clemson at various points in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched his introductory press conference and. The dude said all the right things. I mean, talking about, you know, all of our teams are going to be competitive. We're going to be competitive in the classroom, on the court, on the field, whatever sport we're playing, you know, and we're going to be we're going to be focusing on the game day experience and getting fans more involved and getting the local community more involved. And it's just like, man, this dude did his homework, right? That's everything you need to say coming into tech. And I, mean, uh, I was impressed. That's what tech needs. Yeah. Well, talk the talk. Can you walk the walk? I mean, that's always going to be the case, no matter who you hire. It's like, okay, yeah, you say all these. Who, who would we hire? Who who would that not be true of, Matt? Uh, well, you put your name in the hat. If you would have been hired, no one would have questioned you. <laughs> there would have been a lot of fine. who this guy. He relies way too much on numbers. But yeah, I mean, I love this hire. I'm kind of surprised he's not already an AD somewhere else. Um, well, hiring T Mac before out of McNeese, it felt like we got an up and comer kind of guy. Uh, and this feels even more so he's had time in several, I think he was at Clemson for a bit or a couple ACC programs. He's kind of gone around the map in different programs, been a part of a lot of success and just seems like a perfect guy for this kind of job. Yeah. You look at what UCF's done the last several years, how they yeah. kind of become the mid major program that everyone wants to be like a la Boise state 12 years ago. 
Uh, so if Tech's going to be the next UCF for Boise State 12 years ago, I'm all here for it. Uh, I just hope my boy Eric lays down the wood. <laughs> lays down the wood. No, 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 I got it. Uh, part of what he was heavily involved in at UCF was fundraising, and he was he was involved or he was in charge of like managing the sports programs. So um, it says here in this KTBS article that he managed fifty five million dollars in successful sports programs at UCF, including their operations and support, um, and that included the fundraising side of things too. So I mean, he's he's got. I don't think Tech's athletic budget would even be half of that. Maybe I, I'm not sure, but. I'm sure right that information's out there, but um, yeah, I mean, he was involved in in turning that program around. They had two back-to-back 0 and 12 seasons, and now look at them, right? In football specifically, They're doing um, very well. But they we also want... they also had several NCAA tournament bids. The men's basketball team did. So I mean, look, he he's been successful, and hopefully, he can bring that to all the sports here at Tech. That's, what, that's what I that's what I was getting to. I mean, I don't really care about anything other than basketball and football, but yeah, why not? Make it all good. <laughs> and with football, he actually mentioned in his press conference that he was a football player. He was a three year starter at cornerback. Uh, can you uh, guess what college he went to where he Sacred played college Hearts. football? Ah, you got it. You already knew apparently. No, actually I guessed because <laughs> you just mother, guessed of all the schools. <laughs> my my, my mother in law uh, goes to Sacred Heart. That's how I know. Oh, yeah, and he that... got his doctorate at University of Arkansas. So. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> not not a from... Razorback guy, Matt. Not I, not a fan. No, not at all. Not at all. I think that he's from Brooklyn, uh, which is good because I've been listening to No Sleep Tell Brooklyn recently. So I think ah, that it was excellent. okay. It was meant to be. I think it was meant to be. But I know he played at Sacred Heart. He didn't play professionally, uh, but he's pretty multifarious. I I think he went to Clemson too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe he got his master's there. Yeah, man. That man Basically, really... he, he just he took the opportunity to continue his education wherever he was. Like he was working at Arkansas in the athletic department and got his PhD in uh, I think it's like <laughs> sports sports management or sports marketing or something like that. That's awesome. Um yeah, That's so awesome. I mean and and in his press conference he really talked about he said he he didn't go pro or he didn't try to make it in the pros because he felt like he could make a better impact on student athletes um, as a, as a leader in athletics department. So he, he approaches it from a very educational standpoint. You know, these, these kids, um, these kids look up to him. They, and he, he wants his own kids. He has four kids that are going to be moving to Ruston, you know? So he, he said that he wants his own kids to look up to the players and in tech's programs as their role models. So it's kind of a, a mutually beneficial relationship. And I don't know, he just said all the right things. And I'm like, man, this is, this well, is a run. that's fine. But you gotta walk I, the walk. I don't Sorry, I'm just... sound like that. Do I sound that deep? Is my voice that sexy? <laughs> I just assume everybody has a deep voice. <laughs> okay. What I was going to say is I hope that six or seven years from now, when we're hopefully not doing this godforsaken podcast anymore, that we can oh, all you will look be. back and be like, <laughs> we can all look back and be like, Hiring Dr. Wood was the turning point of our entire athletic program. That would be and, great. And we would have had some un, some unbeaten seasons, have some March Madness appearances, uh, maybe get the women's basketball back to where it needs to be. I'm not saying we're going to win a natty, but it would be really nice to not suck anymore. <laughs> Five natties in a row starting this year. Let's go. That's exactly what Matt's Pat playing. Guy in 2020. 400 yeah. scars and 400 guitars. 
Yeah, and who and who knows with his ability to pick up degrees at wherever he goes to to be part of the administration, he may end up being an engineer after a few years in wrestling. Like Stephen Warner. I I don't get that reference. Stephen Warner was a center on the LaTeX Bulldog team in 2012, but he majored in engineering. You've really been prepping for this next trivia show, huh? <laughs> well, the off season is getting closer every week. All I know is I've never had more water. I've never drank more water, been up later, or my ass hurt more. All right. All right. So, Bulldogs <laughs> in the NFL, huh? That's the next segment. Yeah, that's what the, the uh, notes say. <laughs> to go through these players really quickly, uh, Matt's favorite and and a lot of people's favorite in Kansas City, LeJarrius Sneed, is still injured and out on IR, unfortunately. Going to be a hot minute before he gets back. Well, he I don't think he had to have surgery, so it could be sooner than later. I think sometime in November you'll see him back out in the field. And they need it, too, because the Chiefs' DBs are complete shit. <laughs> Go Chiefs. Yeah, and the next DB to talk about is Amik Robertson with the Raiders of Las Vegas. I always have to remember the fact they're not in Oakland anymore. Sad. Uh, he recorded no stats. He played zero defensive snaps as well. But he did have some impact on special teams. He was on two of the special teams plays on the night. But I guess we can't blame him for the 45-20 loss to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, You're right. I forgot about the filed trademark and everything. Oh, God. Yeah. uh, Jeff Driscoll also recorded no stats. He's backing up Drew Locke. But we got Boston Scott. I mean, other than that Giants game from last year, he played the Giants again, right? That was... They did play the Giants this week, right? Yes. Yeah. Was, he played yes. the Giants again and, and had another phenomenal game. 12 carries, 46 yards on the ground, three catches, 46 yards, and a game-winning touchdown grab at, I think there were like 20 seconds left maybe when he made there that catch. 40 seconds, but you were close. It was insane. Yeah. It was. Boston, a, I wasn't even rooting yeah. for Philly, really. I didn't really even realize that was Boston Scott who caught it. I was just hyped because last-minute touchdown catches are always uh, fun to watch. And, and then I realized like, it was Boston. Oof. Yeah. So Boston ran like the, the wheel route and Jabril Peppers had him covered really well. He just didn't get his head turned around for the ball. So, but Jabril, Jabril Peppers is obviously taller than Boston Scott at five, six. So most people are taller than Boston Scott. <laughs> yeah. Right. Josh is taller than Boston Scott. Technically um, true. <laughs> but he, Boston like makes a, a backpedaling over the shoulder catch, like, as he's falling out of bounds, gets both feet. Can you feet explain to the- me how one backpedals an over-the-shoulder catch? I don't please? know, but he did it. He did it. You, you just he have to watch the in, clip. He went in reverse and caught it over his shoulder. <laughs> Dude, it was a weird pass. The throw weird came pass. from the other way, man. I don't know. Is his, is his real name Neo? <laughs> I know Kung Fu. I bet Josh. Yeah, but that was really cool to see because, you know, that was the Thursday night game, too. So it was the only game happening. And everyone watching football at that time was watching that game and talking about I feel about sorry Boston for anyone who watched that game. Yeah. That game was a nightmare. <laughs> Watch Daniel Jones have a seizure at the 10-yard line. <laughs> it was so funny. Hey, look, I'm just saying when, when Daniel Jones falls down, everybody laughs at him for like three days. But when uh, that dude for the Tampa Bay Rays falls down and then scores a game-winning run, Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's okay. But no. <laughs> Daniel Jones didn't win. Come on. <laughs> that's that's kind of that the is, point. Yeah. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Speaking of the NFC East and the weirdness, badness, whatever, uh, the Cowboys played. Xavier Woods started every snap for them and their uh, humiliating <laughs> defeat to the Washington football team. I don't know if that's a good thing. 
Yeah. Did yeah. he play 100% of those snaps, though? He did play 100% of those snaps. He has not missed a snap all season on defense. Probably explains he why he's tackles. on antidepressants. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> next. Next. <laughs> next. He had two tackles, and the Cowboys got destroyed. And R.I.P. Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton almost died. Andy Dalton did die. You guys see that guy's not, not going to get suspended for that hit? Are you he freaking shouldn't. kidding me right it was now? Complete, it was legal. That, that wasn't. That wasn't legal. Well, why did he, he, he was in trouble? He was ejected. He was ejected. That is the definition of not <laughs> legal. I will make it legal. Unless you're punished, it is not. It, he is punished. <laughs> it's a punishment. You, no, but he was not suspended, so it's legal. Next. Until the Saints do it, then they'll get suspended for an entire season, but that's okay. So we'll while just... the Cowboys were <laughs> humiliated, the 49ers found a way to beat the Patriots by a lot. And while Trent Taylor had no recorded stats, he was involved on three offensive snaps and six special team snaps. RIP Trent Taylor's career. Why only three snaps? What happened there? That snap, that stash is excellent though. (sighs) And then uh, Vernon, Vernon Butler for the bills had a tackle. That's, that's, that's fun. Tackle is a good thing. Tackle is what you aim to do. This is getting sadder and sadder. Well, I mean, th- we we fi- finish off with Justin Ellis and Jalen Ferguson, who had a bye week this week with the Ravens. So they're just chilling, watching Tech lose on Saturday night, probably. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the sadness. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, we're just gearing you up so that when we tra- start talking about UTSA, which we will right now, you will be in the right frame of mind. But the way this game started, the first half went pretty well. Yeah, right? petition to just talk about the first half. Do, can yeah. I? Do I hear well. a second? No. Well, let's, um, let's go through the first half because it came first, hence the name first half. Uh, the first drive of the first half went even like better. That. Israel Tucker started at running back in place of Justin Henderson, and he single-handedly took Tech down the field on that opening drive. It just felt like every time he gave him the ball, he gained six, seven, ten yards until yeah, they got yeah. to the red zone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tech kicked red the field zone. goal. Hey. It was uh, not fun in this game. No. And then Tech had a weird kickoff. And UTSA answered with a field goal of their own to make it 3-3. Was that the kickoff where it where it only went like to the 30 or something? What? Yeah, that was the one that looked like a shank off the tee. Okay. Because, um, I mean, all things considered, the kickoff kicking in this game was incredible. Probably the yeah. best I've seen from Tech in a very long time. But, and we'll talk about it in a second. There was a kickoff that almost went out of bounds that Tech almost recovered because UTSA thought it was going out of bounds. Yeah. And that was a lucky bounce more than anything. But mm-hmm. yeah, outside of those two plays, there was a lot of, okay, wow, a touchback. That's yeah, cool. That's why we brought cool. you in. Yeah. Uh, but Please. after the field goal, Tech goes pass, 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 and punts, you know, after Israel Tucker had all that success yeah. on the first drive. Uh, UTSA gets the ball back. Cedric Woods has an amazing pass breakup. Then Trey Baldwin picks it off on the next play. Tech uh, takes over in plus territory, but is only able to move the ball 14 yards before another field goal. Then the weird kickoff that almost goes out of bounds. UTSA goes three and out. Another field goal for Tech. And then another field goal for UTSA, where it's six to nine, which is always hilarious. On that field goal drive for Tech, before that one, they went seven for nine Tucker runs. So seven of the nine plays were Tucker runs, which was great. But then Tech had to call two timeouts on second and goal, which was not great. So, so we call timeout because the play clock's running down, and then they go over and huddle, and they don't they don't get up to the they don't break the huddle until there's uh, like seconds left on the play clock again. God, yeah, that's that. And then we run a freaking RB draw coming out of a double timeout. I got on, 
that's that, real dumb. That, that's one of those moments where you're like, wow, we're really bad. It, I don't know what what causes that. Is that like the quarterback, like coach, not communicating, or but they were literally talking to each other next to each other know. on the time. I, well, I don't to, know. To be fair, what do you Sloth, think talking about? Yeah, well, Sloth has an obsession with the Goonies and treasure. Sloth isn't going to happen. Stop making Sloth happen. Yeah, okay, the, Sloth is going to happen, you son of a bitch. Maybe we need to put a baby Ruth in the end zone. Thank you, Josh. Jesus Thank Christ, you. I should really watch this movie before yeah. I start. Too Excuse hard to me? Yeah, I've never seen it. I, mean, anyway, I know it's a movie. I don't know which movie you're referencing. But, I mean, here's the thing. That that whole miscommunication thing happened. Maybe it's Alamo Dome, the play clock. You have to get used to it being a new location, whatever. No, but after on. after that field goal, though, Tech gets the ball back after the UTSA field goal that makes it 6-9. So many field goals. Drives down the field and scores a touchdown on fourth down with a pass to the fullback. Yeah. We have a fullback? Yeah, yeah. Jacob Adams, who I only know because of NCAA 14 simulations. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, his okay. second reception of the year. Goes for a 13-yard touchdown on fourth and two. So that was, I mean, yeah. perfect play call. Skip's got it sometimes, and then most of the time, maybe no, not. Evan, don't do this. He has like three good plays, and so those good plays are good plays, but outside of that. Yikes. Yeah. Um, speaking of yikes, UTSA has three negative plays in a row and goes three and out after this, and Tech adds another field goal before going into the half. So it's 19 not, to 6. And we're and feeling we're feeling pretty good. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. On top of the world. I, I remember seeing some UTSA fans calling for them to start benching quarterbacks to just like, hey, look, this year's a lost cause. Let's try out new guys since they have a million quarterbacks on that roster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my only problem was that dude we were within the 10 yard line four times and kicked four field goals that's rough i mean it's a it's a 27 yard field goal which is where's that from the nine yeah then a then a oh 46 okay so only three of the field goals were from within the 10 yard line so i apologize but a 22 yarder after that (laughs) and then a 24 yarder i mean Look, that's I'm not. The, yeah, that's terrible. I'm not saying like don't kick a field goal from fourth and goal from the six, but I am saying why are we not able to move the ball once we're within the ten? That because in the first half of this game, I tweeted out as the halftime thought, you know, the the Gordon Ramsay delicious, finally some good fucking offense, and you cursed it, you jinxed it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, and then you because repost- that- Reposted it with just the word. Fuck. <laughs> I, was, I was very, I was very angry when I did that, but that made me laugh myself. So I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, but, but anyway, I mean, the, the offense, it, it wasn't like we put up 300 yards in the first half or anything. We had a bunch of short fields. We just didn't. We could have been up 31 to six or 31 to three or even like if they scored a touchdown on one of their drives, right? But. We got it. We didn't have any killer instinct, and that's what bit us in the ass. Because when the other team makes adjustments at halftime, we fucking fall apart. We cannot do anything. I don't know if it's a Luke Anthony thing. I don't know if it's a Skip thing, but I think it's a combination. Skip in his like press stuff that he does, you know, the Monday night coaches show and all that stuff. He's been saying stuff like, "Yeah, you know, our new quarterback just isn't familiar enough with the system to where." when we've got to change up blocking schemes, he's not confident and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, well then go with the guy who is confident (laughs) then. And I don't know. We'll talk about the second half and the quarterback change that was made and everything. But (sighs) just the halftime adjustments have killed us in the last four games. I mean, we were already dead in BYU, but you know, we, we could have been in the Marshall game. We could have, 
we could have been up by more against UTSA, but we were still in control of this game at halftime and our defense was playing great. And just then we came out and just completely shat the bed in the second half. I don't know who to be angry at, but I'm just angry and I need to put it somewhere, you know? I've moved on to apathy, but yeah, keep keep that fire. Keep that fire. I'm pretty apathetic towards this too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the general feeling right now. Two straight losses to two teams that, at least well, the we, second of which, we felt like we were better than. We all know that, I mean, Skip's not going anywhere. I mean, we could lose every game. No, I don't, the I don't want I don't Skip even, to go anywhere necessarily. Yeah. This is a weird-ass year. I, people is. start calling for Skip's head on Twitter, and I'm like, I mean, come on. Come on, Yeah, man. no, I just that's... don't. This is, I this, don't, is, this is COVID year, right? Like, the offensive line issues are issues that I want fixed, but, like, a lot of that, I think, is that these guys didn't get to practice together, and then a bunch of them were out multiple times for different, you know, quarantine windows for various reasons. And then this week, there's less of an excuse, though, because it was all the starters back in, but at the same time, they haven't practiced together in weeks, you know? So, I don't know. And to go to the, the offensive line issues, too, you have Donovan ba- or Donovan Campbell starting at left tackle, and Donovan Campbell is a guard who we moved over to tackle because we were hoping he'd be able to play that position. And I don't want to harp on him too bad because he's being asked to play a new position in a new offense coming from LSU where he's replacing Willie Allen, who just announced a few days ago that he's transferring to Michigan and set out the year due to COVID and everything. But like, we're asking a guy to do a position he's not used to, and he's not playing it well. No. The, the other side, Anton Lewis, when he's healthy, has played it all right. The right tackle position has been much stronger. But And I don't even really want to blame Campbell because this isn't the situation he he walked into. He thought I would be the starting guard, not a starting tackle, and they're very different positions. He's often giving up the outside route, especially in the first half of this game, and we were able to scheme around it, just assume, Luke Anthony, that the blitz is going to come around you have to step up in the pocket. But So I'm, I'm a dumbass, and one of the questions I set up for the, for the contest required me to go scrub through the game again to see uh, what the answer to the question would be. And so I kind of watched a couple plays here and there as I fast forwarded through the game. And there was a play where UTSA brought a four-man rush and both tackles just got completely obliterated. But they, what they did was both of the defensive ends got outside of them. And so I'm not an expert, right? But there was a pocket that Luke Anthony could have stepped up into and had three to four seconds to throw versus the one and a half seconds that it took them to sack him 13 yards behind the line. It went from being like third or second and eight to after that, it was third and 23. I don't know if you guys remember that play, but then we ran a screen pass to Tucker and picked up like three yards and got hit with a clipping penalty or something like that. So uh, just all around great play there. But so it's, it's on the offensive line for being really, really miserable, but like also, on that specific play and probably many of the other sacks or throwaways or interceptions or whatever, whatever negative play is caused by a quarterback. I think the quarterback could have stepped up in the pocket or rolled out or something. Right. Yeah. And I think the first half Luke was doing a great job at avoiding that pressure, knowing from the beginning that it's going to come from the outside and the step up really the, the anecdotal, like my eyes, I haven't really sat down and rewatched this game too much yet. What I noticed was there was a lot more interior blitzes coming or the the defensive ends on the tackles were making uh, the moves towards the inside rather than the outside a lot more in the second half. And so Luke couldn't step up into a pocket where they're like, if you're a tackle, you let him go around outside of you 
the quarterback can step up. If they get on the inside of you, there's nothing the quarterback can really do. I think that was really one of the major failures of the second half because like we've talked a bunch about the first half, on the second half, UTSA scores on their opening drive. There's two trick plays and a couple pass interference, one that gets called, one that doesn't, that kind of help the Roadrunners down the field. And then that's when we notice everything going on for Tech's offense when they get the ball back. Uh, Just to read off those drives, off the drive chart, we have a punt, fumble, punt, 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 punt. The interception to win the game for the Roadrunners. Yeah, to add to that, negative nine yards, 11 yards, eight yards, six yards, negative two yards, 35 yards on the interception drive to end the game. So, I mean, literally nothing until the very end of the game. So Tech had picked up one first down in the second half before Aaron Allen came in on that final drive. Uh, There were no sacks in the first half. There were two in the second half. Both were on second down to bring up a third and long, which uh, I think... Evan, you and I talked ad nauseum last week about yep. uh, keeping from those third and longs because this team isn't meant and isn't designed. Especially yeah, when you can't drop back and pass, you can't, yeah. you can't pick up a third and 12 or a third and 23. It's not possible. Yeah, this team isn't designed for that. And so when we get put in those situations, it's pretty much a, okay, we'll go ahead and get Jacob Barnes out there real quick, get him ready to go. So maybe he'll be more okay to punt more than 36 yards down the field. Uh, well, Oh, I'd, I'd love to see that, but the the one long pass kicker, we had in this game was Luke Anthony. Just like I don't even know how to describe it, he just threw it up, and it looked like there was literally no one back there. And then, or Isaiah Graham just comes like sprinting across, like straight across the field. It was not a route or anything. He just like threw up a prayer, and Graham happened to get under it first, and it was like, oh, we can throw farther than two yards down the field. Look at that. Well, Lucas had a bunch of those throws, so you think like law of averages, eventually one of them gets completed. He just throws up a prayer and, you know, maybe the guy comes down with it. And I mean, I did, I did hope and it, and it worked out this time, just <laughs> we still lost the game. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, man. Let's, let's talk about this decision on the final drive to put Aaron Allen out there. Um, Skip, after the game, somebody, I think Corey Diaz or somebody asked him about it. And he said he left the choice up to Joe Sloan. He said, you know, he went to Joe Sloan and said, who do you think gives us the best chance to drive and win this game right now? And Joe Sloan said, I think it's Allen um, because they both felt like Anthony was in his head, which I agree with. Right. I mean, he had a terrible second half. The whole team had a terrible second half. But um, what do you guys think about putting in a cold quarterback with a minute and 35 seconds left in the game? I don't know. Seems like a rational thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> Allen should have came in two drives earlier for being yeah. on. But at that Allen's point, I mean, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, in my opinion, but that's honestly to me, at that point, they, the game was lost already. Like at that point, there was, there's uh, no winning that game. No, I mean, I don't think that's true. I agree with your point that he should have been put in earlier. And I think on that final drive, putting him in there only serves to dis- diminish whatever confidence he has because you're putting in <laughs> yeah. a cord- cold quarterback in on the final drive. Oh, Hey, yeah. Uh, go win us the game. You guys remember um, that uh, clip of a kid playing football who runs the wrong way and this inexplicably throws the ball up in the air as he's being tackled, going into the end zone the wrong way. <laughs> I feel like that's the position Aaron Allen was put in on Saturday. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate the decision to bring him in because Anthony hadn't done anything. He wasn't going to win us the game, but I do wish that we had brought him in, you know, on that drive or or on the drive, the previous drive, we got the ball with like six and a half minutes left. So UTSA, they scored a 45 yard 
uh, Sincere McCormick run with like seven, six and a half minutes left in the game to take the lead 27-26. That's where I bring the other quarterback in, I think, because you're saying, you know what? This may be our last chance. We may get two more chances, whatever. But you're not in a time crunch. You're not like only throwing the ball at that point. You've still got some running plays in your arsenal. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, that that I can agree with. The should we put Aaron Allen in on that final drive? I completely disagree with. And I understand why people may disagree with me on that. But it's it's way too much to ask of someone to come in in that situation when... I mean, maybe they warmed up on the sideline, but that's really about it. Uh, Luke Anthony against Southern Miss showed that he can drive down the field on a final drive and put together a a drive well enough to score the winning touchdown or put themselves in field goal range to kick the winning field goal and have Jacob Barnes go out there and, and do his thing. But I think Aaron Allen in that situation was the wrong call. Two drives ago or the drive before it, right after UTSA takes the touchdown. I'm okay with it. I think that's that's more okay of a situation. But yeah, I I adamantly hate. I was I said this in the chat. I think maybe I didn't. I was trying not to jinx anything at the end too. But <laughs> I I really 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 hated this decision. Well, I mean to counterpoint you there, Aaron Allen played the second to last drive of the USM game, and then we brought in. But it wasn't Luke Anthony's first drive of the game. So yeah, yeah and you're right. What, I, what my point there was more. Luke Anthony has a two minute drill. Yeah, drive yeah. under his belt to win a game in this season. And so even though he's been off tonight, I would rather stick with him. And if you're only look, if you're looking at the clocks as a minute 47 left and you're on your final drive, who do you put in at quarterback? Assuming everything else is the same. I stick with Luke. Weston Elliott. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, his uh, quarterback efficiency is like 400 and something because he has one pass for a touchdown. <laughs> that sounds like our guy. I mean, we do have people on the boards calling for like, jd head to get the start the rest of the season just to give us some hope for the future or whatever but i don't know i think that's my favorite thing is people just rolling scrolling down the depth chart and find the next guy who hasn't (laughs) seen the field yet if we can just if we can just sort out the offensive line i mean just a little bit like i said like i said in you know last week's episode and last week's all the posts i did like we don't need great offensive line play, just passable, and we can move the ball. That's what happened in the first half, right? We just didn't score the points we needed to win this game because our defense played pretty well too. All think like it. I loved our defense in this game. Yeah, I mean, I mean they we, gave we up. We ended up giving up in the fourth quarter, but and we gave up twenty-seven points overall, which is not ideal. But the way our offense was playing in the first half, again, we were up nineteen to six in the first half. If you had said, okay, well, UTSA ends with a final score of 27, you're probably feeling pretty good because that only means you need two scores in the second half yeah. and you're good. And we couldn't get that done. Yeah, and the offense didn't put up any points. Yes, because- what? Yes, what? But yeah, to, to kind of wrap up this recap section before we get too much in the weeds and too much in the depression of it all, I think did get tech go, did tech die? I'm pretty sure all of our answers are tech did not go, tech died. At least for the correct. second half. I, th- I think they went in the first half and then just, they never came back out. They never left the locker room. Yeah, the offense didn't, that's for sure. I mean, and they definitely died. I mean, you can't can't give up two fourth quarter touchdowns and not have some fight, you know, and that 45 yard, they, we did a good job against Sincere McCormick too until he busted out for a 45 yard touchdown run, you know. On, on a third and one or whatever when we're trying to force the fourth down and kind of sold out. 
against getting the yeah the short run stop. I don't even I I don't hate that as much as I hate the fact the offense just wasn't able to score any points in the second half. Yeah. The defense to me they were not perfect, but I wasn't really expecting perfection out of this defense coming into this season. Oh no, the and, defense and with all the, the replacements and yeah. Like to me, this defense, every single game has been good enough for, for my judgment, my, my measuring stick. It's been the offense. And I'm not the only one to say this either. This isn't a hot right, take sure. has been yeah. the letdown of the year. For sure. Last thing, player of the game. Um, I have mine in the, mine in the notes. So Evan, you can't take it. Evan, who's your player of the game? Um, I, Shoot, man. I don't know. Damn. I don't even have the box score pulled up anymore. Hold on. Well, while you look at that, I'll say mine so that. So no one else on this call takes him. Trey Baldwin is my player of the game. The huge yeah, pick yeah. six. Uh, Conference USA co-defensive oh, player of the week. You said the, you said the wrong name. I did Trey say Baldwin the wrong is name. the player of the week. Uh, right. But so maybe so someone else can take that. Zeke Barnett is the one I have in the notes. Zeke Barnett, I don't know. He played with Moxie. He played with, like, there was that, that shove that got him in trouble at one point. I believe that was Zeke as well, right? Yeah, that was, that I hope I'm not Baldwin. just kidding. Do you know the difference between 40? I don't. <laughs> Apparently, I don't. They both start with a B last name, and I just assumed they were the same person. Hmm. So apparently my uh, player of the game is Trey Baldwin. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck are we talking about? Yeah, Baldwin had a great night. I mean, 18 total tackles, 14 solo, two TFLs and a sack. I mean, great night for him. He was the all-conference or uh, whatever they call that, the defensive player of the week um, in the conference. He's also like fifth in the nation in tackles, and he missed a game and a half because he was out for a targeting and he was out for COVID stuff for one game. So that's freaking impressive that he is. But I don't know. I'll give it. I'll give mine to the current FBS leader in tackles, Mr. Tyler Grubbs, who had 12 ah, tackles damn you. and two tackles for loss. Didn't have a particularly good game, like not as good as Trey Baldwin or Zeke Barnett potentially, but um, I'll go ahead and shout him out as the number one tackler in all of FBS right now as a true freaking freshman. So who you got, Josh? Uh, Jacob Barnes. Yeah. I mean, he was the majority of our offensive production. Yeah, Jake. That's as easy as it is. Jacob Barnes is the kicker, not the punter. <laughs> They're two different. Yeah, Jacob Barnes the punter. Nah. We'll get there. We'll work on it. But Jacob Barnes the kicker, absolutely. Matt, you got one. Doctor Eric Wood. <laughs> I'll take it. He's zero and one in his tenure as uh, <laughs> as tech athletic director. Fire him. <laughs> Fire Doctor Wood. Uh, I was going to take Zeke as well, just because he retweeted me and favorited my tweet a year ago when he <laughs> picked six Jack Abraham. <laughs> so we're still boys. That little stutter step he did on the pick six was really nice too. I thought I he like, was out of bounds, but he was not. He just, he stopped and then was like, all right, I'll just score now. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. And he's the reason tech only lost by one, I guess, but tech will hopefully not lose by one. to. <laughs> A team they have in the past in UAB. Tech leads the all-time series against the Blazers uh, five to three. Uh, but those three losses have been the three most recent games, which is uh not great. Uh UAB was also on a three-game winning streak on the season before they lost to ULL on Friday night. And uh a great God disappointment to us damn all. Damn it. This was not a good week for football. Of course yeah. not. Titans lost too. Saints won, but they kind of felt like they lost too. Yeah, uh <laughs> ULL lost. The ULL loss broke UAB's home winning streak. Uh, 
that they had carried since back in 2017. Uh, they had never lost at Legion Field, apparently. Yeah, since since they came back, yeah. Tech absolutely needs to win this game we to keep any lose. hopes of a West title alive. We are we are going to lose, and I'm going to be really, yeah. really sad. Yeah, Evan wrote this note, but it says, most importantly, the fan base is getting pretty desperate for anything, something, anything, please. if we if we beat if we beat uab but lose every single game for the rest of the season is that good yes because it's hilarious no no we can't lose that's fair that's fair yeah beating uab ulm and mr rice that's funny that's That's six wins wins right there dude we don't even need six wins to go to a bowl game this year we just need three we're already in (laughs) you don't i don't know you may not even get him with six wins with the way yeah, that uh, sure. like every Big Ten school and every SEC school can go to a ball now. But FBI gives in this matchup Tech a 26.8% chance to win. Vegas opened up with the Blazers as 9.5 point favorites. Uh, we're fucked. 9.5 it's, point favorites. Yeah, now it's yeah, up to 11.5 point oh, favorites. Oh, God, we're, fu- we're really fucked now. Yeah. Massey, so the betters Massey. were like, ooh, let me, let me get some of that action. <laughs> Funnily enough, some of the Blazer fans are like puzzled by that line, thinking it's too John, high. And I'm like, listen, listen, John, John, if you're listening, please do not forsake us. <laughs> we, you haven't seen the scene like we have. Massey is a little more optimistic, though. More optimistic than most Tech fans, I think. They give the Bulldogs a 46% chance to win with a three-point loss score prediction, 27 to 24. Can't wait to lose by one. <laughs> Can't wait to lose by three either. <laughs> Can't yeah, wait to. Can't wait to lose because Aaron Allen turns into Aaron Brooks and throws it backwards to Deuce McAllister. Man, that was Wait, you mean like Luke Anthony did last game? Yeah. That was fun. Got real meta in here. <laughs> oh, hey, okay. now the one's at, at minus 11, so I guess... Some oh, hey, we've, we've moved now. it. <laughs> I was talking about it, moved it. It's quantum like that. God, yeah, the please. Blazer offense is scoring 29.8 points per game. Again, saying the word point several times in the sentence, pretty much right in the middle of FBS football. If you look at points per game, which is, I mean, middle of the pack, I guess uh, they are another balanced team that the Bulldogs will face 199 passing yards per game, 185 rushing yards per game. Their quarterback is Bryson Lucero is how I'm choosing to pronounce that name. He is uh, not the most efficient quarterback uh, among starting quarterbacks in conference USA. He has the third worst completion completion percentage seven touchdowns, six interceptions, and doesn't seem to get outside the pocket and run the ball a lot either. Yeah, what happened? I wish we had, I wish uh, one of our UAB people had come on because I want to know what happened to Tyler Johnson. Is he hurt or did, is he just bad? (laughs) You know, and so they went with this guy. But uh, yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. But he, in his game last week against ULL, he went 10 for 23, 110 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. So. He, he's mistake prone. Um, but yeah, I mean, the real leader of their team is going to be the running back Spencer Brown, who after, I don't know, maybe taking last year off, I think he was injured on and off. I don't think he played against tech. Um, he's back to being their bell cow running back 4.7 yards per carry. Yeah. The, the offense of this blazer team isn't really the, the highlight of it either. They're really like previous years. They are defensive focused team they're allowing 21.2 points per game which is over eight points fewer than they're scoring uh that's the 23rd best in college football really the pass defense is really really the highlight of this defense uh they're 
Opposing quarterbacks are only throwing 51.4% against this defense and 153 yards. Both of those are top 10 oh, wow. in the country. And I'll have a little more about this the rush defense in the Blue Tech Blue article I'm writing this week. But rushing has been a little bit better, only a little bit. Uh, they're allowing 166 yards per game, but they are allowing 4.6 yards per carry, which is the bottom 30 of, of FBS football. So maybe we can get Israel Tucker going in this game, hopefully. Maybe. I mean, I, also, we didn't mention about the UTSA game. Justin Henderson had three carries, so I guess and we were right. that he recovered, but still. <laughs> I guess we were right in thinking that Tucker looked like the better back, because I, or I guess Skip agreed. I don't know. I mean, he looked like the better back in that game, too. For sure. Even even with the limited carries, I don't want to harp on Henderson too much. Yeah, no. But he doesn't look like 2019 Justin Henderson. No. What you called at the beginning of the season, you called that he wouldn't be the, the leading running back. Yeah, so. season's not over. I think he still is. Yeah, so. This is your fault. This is my, I mean, if Israel Tucker is good to go, then he's good to go. <laughs> um, but most impor- importantly about this Blazer defense, their sacks. They average 2.8 sacks per game, which is 37th in the country. Um, again, this is a weird year that's just above average, but not yeah, much above average anymore because the Big Ten and yeah. Mountain West started. Yesterday. There are a lot of there so, are a lot of games that were a lot of teams where it's just a one game sample size. Where okay, they had five sacks in this game, so now they're averaging five sacks per game. Yeah, compared to teams that have played six or seven games. Check again in three weeks. Yeah, but I, I imagine our how can Tech win? How can Tech lose? answers will be more about how tech approaches this game rather than what uab is as a team this year evan how do you think tech can win or lose this game i mean we can lose by being the team we've been for the last month and then we'll lose this game i think to win you know outside of the obvious right i I don't know i don't think uab is as good as they have been the past few years if you look at this schedule i mean they beat south alabama pretty badly then they beat utsa by eight um at home and then they beat western kentucky but western kentucky's a lot worse than everybody thought they were going to be they beat them 37 to 14 and then lost to ull so i mean i don't know like last year their their defense was only allowing like 205 yards per game or some crazy shit like that when we played them this year it's 319 so i mean i think they're a little bit more average than they have been the last few years but unfortunately, uh, Tech has not been even close to average lately anyway. So, I mean, we just we got to figure out how to get our quarterback to play well in both halves, I think, is the key. I don't know how to do that. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's maybe we play two different quarterbacks. Like Luke plays the first half, and then even if he had a great first half, we just trot Allen out there. and We're like, yep, this, this is what we're doing now. I, I don't know, but to win the game, we're we're just going to have to actually put together four quarters of football, which we have not done in a long time. So that's a pretty pessimistic answer, but there you have it. I mean, we've lost two games in a row. Pessimism is probably pretty well warranted. <laughs> Josh, what's your answer to how can Tech win, how can Tech lose? Uh, should I start with win or lose? Hmm. Good news you or bad what? news? I want to start with win. How can Tech win? We come out the gate with Aaron Allen at quarterback and just let him do his thing. Let him get into a good rhythm. Let him, you know, he's going to have to work through some of his mistakes, but, you know, he's going to come out and let him run the offense because, you know, sometimes it seems like he has a better grasp on the offense, and sometimes Luke Anthony has a better grasp. At this point, it's Schrodinger's quarterback, so I say we go with Allen. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, on the our defense is playing fine for what we need them to do. So uh, Tech comes out with Aaron Allen. 
at quarterback, and uh, he balls out. He has his coming out party against UAB. We all love it. He beats them, and then we laugh at all the Blazer fans that we know. And then they throw a fit on Twitter. <laughs> How we lose, we just keep doing the same old shit we've been doing for the past two weeks, three weeks. It, I mean, Evan pretty much summed it up. It's just going to be some ugly football. And the defense plays their heart out only for us to, you know, go three and out every single drive, especially in the second half. All right, Matt, you got anything uh, more optimistic than that? No, you, gonna, you're always really gonna, optimistic, right? We're going to lose our ass. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much we're going to lose it by, but we'll lose. And But how can we lose? How can we lose? Well, let me see if I have a aluminum bat around here to beat the dead horse. Uh <laughs> that's a lot Just, in the college game it is except in the one conference that bryce harper played in that you had to use a wooden bat i don't know but we suck <laughs> i mean yeah lot lot tech football this year sucks and i don't want to hear anything about the fact that it's covid i mean it, we suck we're not a very good team historically and, bad well yeah according to some things i've read we are historically bad on offense we're just not a good football team right now. And if the same if if the streak continues of poor play, we're just gonna lose again. Now, how can we win? We need the right quarterback in there. Uh, that that's that's a good start. But I don't know who the hell the right quarterback is. I feel like they both kind of play like shit sometimes and play good sometimes. We don't really have an out and out number one guy. Yeah. Uh, which sucks because we all felt like after Southern Miss that we had our guy. Yeah. Uh, and it just shows you how quickly things can go downhill or go from, hey, we're mediocre to, oh, God, someone look away from the car crash. But we're going to lose. I don't know how much we're going to lose by, but I just see more of the same happening. Uh, the only way we're going to win, though, is if we have a quarterback who can come in and play really well. And that ain't going to happen. I don't even think it's a quarterback issue. And th- I mean, that's really what well, you answer for this Here's is. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think it matters if it's Luke. I don't think it matters if it's Aaron. I don't think it matters if it's Weston Elliott or JD Head or we get Jamar back with a weird year of eligibility and COVID for some weird reason. I but like I, to come back. I don't think Jamar would make a difference in this in, in this team. I don't think it's a quarterback issue. I think both Luke Anthony and Aaron and Aaron Allen have had their highlights and had their lowlights, but I don't think Tech's record or Tech's loss to UTSA or Tech's loss to Marshall. I don't think any of that is due to who's in at quarterback. Most of that, we keep harping on this offensive line and offensive lines, you only notice them when they're bad, but they need to protect the quarterback. There's We're nothing. Shit could, out of this year, man. We could put Terry Bradshaw back out there, quarterback. I don't we could put, think geriatric Terry would do too great right we could, now. We, we could put. Uh, <laughs> Duck Dynasty guy back. We can put any quarterback. We can put Luke McCown. It doesn't matter if they don't have time to throw the ball. We might as well be running the Wildcat if we're not going to have time to create a five-second pocket for the quarterback to work through the progressions and throw the ball. Have you seen Kenneth Dixon's high school highlights? I mean, go <laughs> ahead. Put, big bone every play. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, you start getting that kind of desperate. And what we tried to do in the first half was these short yardage game gains and UTSA adapted and started these uh, interior blitzes or the swim moves to the inside of the tackles to kind of create the interior pressure because again our guards and centers have played well enough not 100% great on every play but you can't really ask them to especially with how poorly the tackles have played but Tech wins this game by giving the quarterback three seconds per snap to throw the ball I don't even care who's back there I, I, I personally like Luke more than Aaron still even at this point, but that's that's preference more than anything else. I think but, given a four second pocket on every single play, I'd agree with you. Yeah, that, 
that I think I think Luke's but, the better. And Luke has shown to be mobile. He picked up a third and 12 or something like that at one point in this game. Yeah. Uh, picked it up by Rush and then got sacked two plays later because there was no pocket for him to throw. Tech wins this game the same way they beat UTSA by protecting the quarterback. And they lose this game by not. And that's really all it comes down to. It doesn't matter how UAB plays, how good Spencer Brown runs the ball, how well uh, Lucero or however you pronounce his name throws the ball or how many picks he throws. If Tech has a pocket for the quarterback, they win this game. If they don't, they lose it. Yeah. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, a couple more things. Player to watch. Evan, who's your player to watch? I'm going to go with uh, the tight end on UAB, Garrett Prince. Last year, he had a single reception against Tech, but it was a touchdown. Uh, But this season, he seems like he's a more prominent part of the Blazers' red zone passing attack because uh, they they don't, you know, like you said, Nathan, they're a balanced team. But uh, when they get to the red zone, this guy, Garrett Prince, has nine receptions total, but four of those are for touchdowns, which is the most receiving touchdowns on the team. So just watch out for this guy, uh, especially when UAB's down close to the end zone. Yeah. Josh, who's your guy? Uh, oh, man. Can we go with uh, Spencer Brown? Because uh, if he's playing well, that's that's uh, that's bad news for us. Yeah, the guy I'm picking, his name is Fish McWilliams. <laughs> And not just because his first name is Fish, F-I-S-H. He's a sophomore defensive lineman, number 99. He's responsible for two sacks, tied with the most on the team. And again, this game comes down to whether or not the offensive line can protect, and he's the defensive lineman with the most sacks, so he's who I'm watching in this game. Watch watch him with the swim moves, is what I'm saying. The swim move. And his name is Fish, that's the joke. I'm not I'm not giving you that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you got one? A player to watch? Yeah. On either side? Sure. Whatever you got. Um Skip oh, holes. <laughs> no, not skip. Uh how about the entire offensive line? It's fair. We will be watching them a lot, probably, unfortunately for us. Early on, especially my eyes, instead of looking at what the quarterback's doing, I'll probably be watching the left tackle position. Yeah, just throughout the first couple of drives. The pocket time goes from three seconds to 0. 0.6. 0. 0.6 is almost impressive. That's <laughs> almost like you don't have a line. You have a center who snaps the ball. That's... That commercial years and years ago where uh, the players for the Arizona Cardinals became like eight-year-old kids and the Seattle Seahawks were still grown men <laughs> and just ran over them. <laughs> oh, man. I don't like this year. This is the one of the worst years I've ever lived through. Yeah, so let's keep with that pessimism and make our final thoughts and predictions. Evan, how do you see this game going? Uh, I think we're going to start Aaron Allen at quarterback just because – We've been anemic for so long on offense that you got to expect something to change. And even though it's not necessarily Anthony's fault, I think that Skip will will come out with Allen and see what he's got and be ready to pull him. Um, or maybe maybe it's the kind of thing where we put Allen out there for two drives, put Anthony out there for two drives and see who does better. It worked against Southern Miss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we kind of are at a at a point where it's like, hey, we need to reset the season. We're three and three, two and two in conference. but. Like I said earlier, I don't think UAB is as good as they have been lately. And I think offensively, we kind of know what UAB is. We know what kind of a coach Bill Clark is. He likes boring, grind, fo- grinding football. So he's not going to be like passing over the top guy. He's not going to be like, you know, putting up 45 points a game guy. 
So as long as Tech can limit mistakes offensively, I think it'll be a low scoring game. I don't I I'm I've said multiple times and I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm not picking us to beat UAB until we actually do it. So I think it's going to be a low scoring, ugly loss, maybe something like, I don't know, 21 to 18 or something like that where we're just we're in it the whole time but it feels like we're not in it because we can't do anything on offense because Luke Anthony and or Aaron Allen have been sacked six times. So, yeah, 21 to 18, UAB. Josh? Yeah, I'm kind of with Evan here. Like, especially with the way the past three games have gone and the way UAB has just picked us as their game to win every year almost. I just (laughs) don't. They're big bad about that chant, man. They will never (laughs) forgive us for that. Yeah, I think they just pull out all the stops to beat us and you know i think the defense holds on as long as they can but the offense keeps going you know we still have our offensive issues and we can't get anything together and they managed to really just give it to us and they beat us you know akin to a couple years back they win 28 to 13 all right matt yeah we're gonna lose and it's gonna be real low scoring and ugly and probably sometime in the third quarter i'll shut it off and go make something to eat uh I'm gonna go ahead and say thirteen to nine. That awful. Oh god. Oh god. Mine was bad. Thirteen. I would hate that so much. Oh, you will. Thirteen to nine. LaTeX goes down. R.I.P. All right, Nathan. Are you ready to bring us back? Hype us up. Let's say I have always been optimistic, and I will continue to do so today. Uh, Tech, I still, I've said this for weeks now. I've said this before the Marshall game. I said this before the BYU game. We are three, maybe even two things away from being a great offense. We have the weapons at receiver. We do. Smoke Harris, especially if he comes back. I'm not sure if he played this past week. If he did, he didn't really make his presence. I, I don't think he did. But even outside of the smoke, we have Adrian Hardy, who's actually started to show up, which I mean, it's not really that sounded more mean to him than I meant it. But he, he's really kind of shown out these past couple of weeks and actually gotten really, really involved with this offense in the way that we expected him to be able to. We saw that we actually have a running back this year who can move the ball and Israel Tucker and UAB's off a run offense has given up a lot of big running plays this week, this year in 2020. And so having him rattle off a 20, 30 yard rush every now and then isn't really all that out of the ordinary, um, especially when we kind of struggle towards the red zone. And granted, we were actually better inside the 40 than UTSA was. Remember, they also kicked a lot of field goals. But I'm not super worried about the running game. I'm worried about pass blocking, but we've been worried about pass blocking this whole time. I refuse to believe that Donovan Campbell can't be a good left tackle. And if he's a good left tackle in this game, then we win this game not easily, but without too much doubt. Um, because this offense, as we saw against Southern Miss, we saw against, granted, an FCS school and Houston Baptist, but this offense can move the ball when the quarterback has time, no matter who the quarterback is. So as long as the offensive line blocks, which is a huge if, but <laughs> you think eventually, and and really, it's not a talent issue. These guys are talented enough to make these plays. It's either a communication issue or a coaching issue. And granted, COVID has wrecked this year like it has for a lot of other teams. But if this team can get figured out in practice, I don't really have an issue with the offense scoring enough points to where the defense wins the game for us like they have in the past this year. So I refuse to believe that we don't score with a higher uh, win margin than the Raging Cajuns did. So I'm predicting Tech wins this game 27 to 20. 
uh, ULL won that their game 24 to 20 and we beat UAB. We're not able to break any home winning streaks for them, but we do break their winning streak over us the past few years and we beat them by a touchdown. That's my prediction. All I right. sure hope you're right. Yeah. I mean, if we can block, I'm with you. I think we can win by more if we can block. Our offense can be good. Luke Anthony can be good with time to throw. I know it. I've seen it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and really what I'm most afraid of going into this game is more halftime adjustments. These past couple games, Ooh, we've been we've great been in the first half and the defense has adapted to us at halftime and we haven't had an answer for the, we haven't adapted to the adaptations adapt. Yeah. So I, that that's really what I'm most afraid of going into this game is not how the first drive will go or even really how the first half will go, but I'm afraid that we'll be into it halfway through the game. We'll come out of the locker room and all of a sudden things aren't working. And we never really try to change anything up until the final drive where we put Aaron Allen in and just see what happens. But that's not what I think what happens in this game. I still think Tech wins by a score. All right. I like it. Yeah. yeah I sure hope it happens. All right. And this week's Tweet of the Week goes to at mid underscore madness, mid major madness, the SBM Nation blog, who tweeted a pic- two pictures next to each other. One's from the UK publication, The Express. It says, bizarre, quote, creature, unquote, found on Australian beach could be worth 800,000 pounds. The unit of currency. He says, a mysterious blob has appeared on a sandy shore in Queensland and has stunned many locals. (laughs) And this is the conference USA Tweet of the Week. So if we're talking about mysterious blob, we're probably talking about the Western Kentucky mascot. And that's what this tweet photoshopped into a picture of the beach. And it's it's kind of funny. A lot of the tweets this week have been really pessimistic about tech, so let's go laugh at Western Kentucky for a bit. Yep. Hey, they're having a miserable season too. And also, a miserable season for us is being three and three and two and two in conference so far. So we're like still totally alive if we can turn it around. But <laughs> so that you know, talking to Joe last week kind of reiterated that for me. Like, oh hey, we can still have a winning season this year. <laughs> like, it's not it's not all. Yeah, ULM yeah. is still on our schedule. <laughs> we can still win some more games this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I you can't wait so. for that to be taken out of context in the future when we lose and have that played on loop. Oh, yeah. I will probably be there in person. Christ. Well, so that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at g o t e c h p l s d n t d i e. Or head to our blog where we have a quote-unquote recap up every week and also a preview of the game to come. That's at gtpdd.dog. Also be simulating to the 14 on the YouTube channel every week. It comes out on Thursdays. That's linked to on our Twitter as well. And the contest is every week. Evan does that. Good job, Evan, on uh, coming up with a bunch of questions every week. I'm on the leaderboard this year. Me too. I'm in second. Still haven't won a week, though. Evan is... Uh, Really giving himself a lot of points this year, a lot of extra bonus points yep. that he doesn't really deserve. Of course. But you can find out more about that at gtpdd.dog slash contest. Yep. Wednesday morning, I'll have the UAB one up. So check that out. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And I'm an empty Modelo can. <laughs> and go tech. Please don't die this week. Yeah, specifically. Goodness gracious. Speaking of the NFC East and uh, and go raise by the way, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm on team team that pays for 
like one tenth of the salary of the other team. That's the I'm team actually much. I'm actually okay. This is getting cut, but I'm oh, slightly on the Dodgers sake. because <laughs> uh, the Astro fans all hate them, and I like rooting for whoever the Astro fans hate. Yeah, uh, the at this point, yeah, but, but yeah, the Astros. Yeah, this okay. Maybe it's back in the episode now, but 